have you heard about Joan Crawford and Pepsi? No. Okay. So Joan Crawford was uh, sort of a self-made star back in the flapper era. In fact, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, the, the guy that wrote The Great Gatsby, he actually called Joan Crawford the flapper, the iconic flapper. I'm getting myself a new partner. While you're at it, you better get yourself a couple of other new items, if you'll excuse the expression. She was in Depression-era films. She usually played um, you know, black and white uh, um, women who were down on their luck, came from no money, hit hard by the Depression, needed to be scrappy and plucky and smart, and climb their way to the top. Oh, honey, it's all the same job. It's still modeling. I, I think I'd better learn one job at a time. She usually found love in the movie she was in. You know, she played like uh, um, earnest, sort of like heartful, uh, soon to be wives and, and, you know, love interests and things like that. But the the, the biggest part of her character was um, she was a self-made woman in in most of the things she did. And in real life, too, like um, there are letters about Joan Crawford where it's like she's beautiful, she's talented, but people wouldn't give her the time of day in Hollywood because it was, you know, the the 30s and 20s. And it, it was an era where there were enough beautiful people and not a lot of money to go around. And, you know, it was a very much a, a who you knew kind of business. And she was called a self-made starlet. Like she was she was heralded as she just showed up and, and would not stop and treated herself like a star. And she kept going to auditions, even though she knew she wasn't going to get them. Um, the, the, the stories about her are, are really sort of like legendary and interesting in Hollywood. Um, but around the 30s and 40s, she started losing roles and, and she wasn't getting as many. Part of it was, you know, just youth and beauty was fading. But um, another part of it and, and a more interesting part of it is she took a sponsorship that made her very unpopular. <laughs> like, like, and it made her an interesting business person. Oh, what was that? What was it? What was her? It was it was Pepsi. She she didn't just sponsor Pepsi. She was one of the first real celebrity sponsors. I sold Joan Crawford for so long. All I have to do now is let Joan Crawford sell Pepsi Cola. And and the way she did it is like you you would have a, a celebrity um, smoke a cigarette. Like we said, Lucille Ball and Ronald Reagan, you know, would would smoke a cigarette, get their picture taken while they're doing it. And then that would become the cover of like, you know, a, a Lucky Strike brand cigarettes or something. No, this woman was Pepsi. In fact, one of her quotes was uh, she she literally said, when people think of Pepsi, I want them to think of Joan Crawford. Um, and the reason why she did it is because she married the CEO of Pepsi. That seems like a weird thing, though. It's not like it, smoking seems a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you know, and Lucille Ball was one of the first, or the right. She was one of the big ones, and I think that that's they exactly hated right. her for that. I mean, they hated her for that. Hated, that's, yeah. She's she's supporting her husband. I mean, it kind of makes sense to me. I, <laughs> why? Or, well, or we just weren't conditioned for it yet. Well, I think it's I think it's a couple things. Like um, to to give you some comparisons, Orson Welles had been sort of like chased out of town for being. Uh, liberal and like for also being uh, he was anti-racial discrimination and he was like no boo like people were like you made Citizen Kane stop being political get out of town and he, he moved to Spain because of that and taxes like there's other reasons um, 
but like like and 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 you're right why wouldn't people go against people who are supporting bad brands like cigarettes like you know that back then everybody smoked but you know people had an inkling that it was bad for you with Joan Crawford the reason why people turned on her is because um it was seen as her marrying into money it was seen as her being greedy for it and wanting it too much but also it was because um it was almost like a nepotism thing where like you marry your husband and suddenly you're doing his work um to the point where when he died she tried to take over and like the the board of directors forced her out <laughs> um and and it was a fight because she had been she she'd become effectively the face of pepsi uh she she also once told uh, news agencies like she, she she was quoted as saying when people think of coke they think of a polar bear well when they when people think of pepsi they think of a beautiful woman um so, so it's it it she she wanted so talking shit about coke too huh? <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't just she she would she, do so well nowadays though i mean she, she was oh, just born during the wrong time she would have cleaned up she would have been Shaq and Lindsay lohan and and taylor swift all rolled into one she would have made a trillion dollars and exactly, they're a ceo <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i'm saying is is in that era it was looked at as like you know that's the humphrey bogart era that's 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 the you know, you, you're supposed to have a cool image and, and look cool and not care about these kind of branding things. And, yeah, and you're just, above that. You're above yeah. commercials. Yeah. If you're in a cigarette commercial, you were accidentally there. They caught you smoking and suddenly you're in a, in a magazine. You got to look surprised about it. But no, she she very much wanted to be Pepsi. She wanted to be the brand and, and people hated her for it. And I thought that was so interesting. I couldn't help but share. And that's what got her chased out of town. But we see Shaq literally swindling people out of their cash, and we still love him. We're like, oh, you're just a big cuddly teddy bear. <laughs> we've, we've fully gone the opposite from the classic Hollywood days. You're listening to The Reengineered You. This is a podcast about self-empowerment and all the myths, lies, and misconceptions we tell ourselves. Then we use science and history to bust those myths and re-engineer a better you. I'm your host, Todd Laments, the extrovert. And I'm the writer, researcher, and introvert, Joe Anthony, whose job it is to dig through the outer layer of no-duh on the internet. I remember Tom Brady, who I'm going to talk about here shortly, who was involved in this as well. He said when he was in Boston, he said he can't go out unless he's really emotionally up for it. Right. Because it becomes a parade everywhere he goes, you know? And, and if you don't have the friends that won't treat it like a parade to start with, that can be tough. Like if a celebrity becomes important, becomes a big deal, or a sports star becomes a big deal, but they don't have those friends that can like, they know a good low-key bar that the two of you can just go drink and hang out, or, or you don't have peers that you can help, nobody that will call you up and be like, hey, help me, you know, help me move, I need you to help me pack a truck. And you don't feel like just calling movers like you actually get up and help them. How rare is that? Like if you're a celebrity. Um, one of the things that, that struck me is, is with this dulling of wealth and affluence, celebrities are far less likely to endorse causes and, and candidates that would help the common good. They're more likely to endorse things that will help just them. Dave Chappelle made a joke on Saturday Night Live once where like, they were joking about, you know, what would happen if Trump's became Trump became president and, and you know, wouldn't you vote against him? And, and Dave Chappelle made a joke about like, nah, I'm going to stick around and see how these tax breaks for the rich turn out because he would like some tax breaks. Right. Like he said that out loud. And I was like, 
okay, well, that's the only celebrity I'm hearing right now that is saying that out loud. And that's what happened is there were huge, huge tax breaks for the upper class. Um, but but that's what you do. Like if, if you are wealthy and you have endorsements and you have a brand to manage and you're a CEO of Goop or another online shop as a celebrity, you you support causes that will help your cause. Um, and that that even goes for like um, uh, th- that extends to uh, charities. So um, celebrities are less likely to support charities that are actually charity downward. They're more likely to support their own upper social class. They will go to a Met Gala and dress like a crazy person with with very flashy, colorful outfits. And they'll they'll give money to arts programs and colleges like their alma maters. They're not passing money down to the needy. They're oftentimes passing money sideways to other people in their own social class and and upholding institutions that are going to benefit them in the future. Yeah, and I've heard you know I just went to a Dave Chappelle show and it's it is uncommon. I, I you know I'm a big fan of his and listen to a lot of his stuff, but a lot of sometimes he'll he'll get on there and he will whine about his these $30 million contracts where he got screwed over and, he, and he's talking to the audience kind of disconnected. You yeah. know, you think this would be a, this would be a talk for you to have along your millionaire buddies, not <laughs> to your fans, but he just doesn't think he just thinks he's been so wronged. And instead of looking at it like, well, that was the break of my life to get this, this show that was a huge hit that they put all the money up for and they paid me a huge salary he acts like he was victimized. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 really kind of a head scratcher, especially with what he's kind of selling, you know, equality and black rights and, you know. Yeah. I I remember uh listening to him talk about um his his contract with Comedy Central, I think it was. Yeah, that's exactly and what I'm talking about. How the about. yeah, the Chappelle show and and how he was screwed over um and and how it it got to be something he didn't like anymore. And and you're right. He 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 sounds like, I, I mean, like it's it's not that he's wrong. I, I I do believe if you're in a bad contract that that is a terrible thing and you should break it and you should do it. You figure out how to get out of it. And uh, people who who contract negotiate for networks and for music industries are absolute pirates, and they will basically enslave a creative person. That said that's not funny and it's not grounding. Like it's not going to get people on your side. <laughs> like it, like the common man does not know, you know, they're not going to show you sympathy because you only got you know, right. 30 million out of 40. Right. And they did, and they did pay him a monster salary and it led to huge riches. And there's a lot of shows that don't make it, you know, and <laughs> if his show didn't make it, he wasn't famous. Would he give all his salary back? You know, I mean, it's to me, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. It seemed like a lot of crying to me. Right. So I, I noticed on here that kind of like, <laughs> like a lot of the, the crying celebrities, they do it with their name on everything. Can we, is that, I mean, like Shaq, I, I've not bought any Shaq merchandising. Does he only have FTX or did he have like his, did he have his own goop shop or did he have his own show like that? Oh, well, he played basketball for a long time, right, Shaq? Um, he played, and he was one of the best players, one of the championship players. I'm going to tell you all the different things. He has right now, currently, and he's probably adding to it as we speak, this is the top 50 endorsements that he has. 
And um, I'm just going to just name off a couple. It's a sleep apnea mask, a, a power balance bracelet, um, a sugar substitute. He has his own app. He has diet strips, which is funny because he's the biggest person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> 24-hour fitness, Toys R Us, Radio Shack, which I, I can not think they were still around, Zales, so he does um, soup, um, Tiger Woods, I don't know how that works, Muscle Milk, yeah, he has a beer, JCPenney, Macy, Comcast. <laughs> That's it just goes on and on and on and on and on. So I almost wonder, and these are the top 50. Um, so I don't know. You know, he's Wheaties, Burger King, um, Pepsi, Reebok. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. How could he have time to even use all these products or even have all of them? The more you name, the more my head spins because it's like I, 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 I never connected him with them. I've never... Like, like they seem so out there for Shaq to be promoting. <laughs> well, another sports one. I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. Um, I always have been. I just read whenever I can get anything about him. I, so I, I've never been critical. I get very upset if I think of anyone's being critical of him. So he was very – what he did, um, him and his wife at the time, Gazelle, the supermodel, the Victoria's Secret model, both named in the lo- same lawsuit with Shaq and Steph Curry. Um, and I remember seeing their commercials, them sitting around the living room, um, him in the kitchen on his laptop, them talking about this currency. Now, what's unique about him is he doesn't put his name on anything. Um, they used to always compare him to Peyton Manning, who puts his name on absolutely everything. That Brady was very picky. Like, he would only do certain kind of mattresses, and his mattresses were like $10,000. Um, he would do only certain kind of luxury cars. So he was more selective. So I guess what, how he got paid out on his deal was that he didn't get money. He got um, FDX money. <laughs> so he didn't make – so not only did he get sued, but he didn't make any money either. So he kind of got double-dipped on that. Hypothetical, and this probably won't be on the show either, but I just want to know, if you were Shaq, what would you – do any of those endorsements make sense to you? Like how do you make money if you're Shaq that in a, in a way that like supports your – personality your brand your values um no i I think that the the commercials he likes you know the ones the shoes the basketball related stuff um the sports stuff like he does the ben gay and all that stuff the heat heat stuff stuff for working out and stuff i can see that because he's a big physical guy i think it has to be had to do something with his lane okay not just to make a buck you know, I think and that's what it feels a, like now that you say that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, is it for a buck? He's well, it is, and he's just a big, lovable guy. You know, you know, I watch him on the TNT things. He's always running around, and he plays like a kid. So when they were trying to serve him this paper, I kept feeling like it was him playing a big game of tag. You're it, you know. <laughs> so him really enjoying this, being chased with a lawsuit. Most of us would lose sleep and lose hair, not him. right he thinks it's hilarious (laughs) oh man now i do have to say this about Shaq. i wrote a speech about this years ago um it's it's known that he when he goes out to eat in restaurants and the server he he lets the servers tip however much they want he just asks them how much tip they want 
Oh, that's that's nice. I mean, like now that I know it's off of FTX money, it, it feels slightly worse. But I do. Yeah. By one time he tipped, a, he, t- he tipped a server sixty eight hundred dollars, and uh, he was on a talk show talking about it. And they said, "Well, why did you do that?" And he said, "Because they asked." And he was he was very unapologetic about it. And he's been known to go in and be very very generous with uh, with, with people when he buys things. I was thinking about. Um, I've never seen Shaq endorse a political figure and now that i was like really thinking about it i don't know if if i've seen a lot of sports figures get political whereas um like bono or like um sean penn or (laughs) there's there's some celebrities that they are neck deep in politics all the time or or comedians that that go to the white house correspondence dinners or things like that and you would think okay it's because people wouldn't listen to him but we know that's not true right Right. It's, I don't think it's. I used to always think that LeBron James and people drink more Sprite because he tells them to. That to me seems crazy. That seems even crazier than a vote to me. Yeah. <laughs> to eat something, but I guess eating and voting would be the same thing, right? Um, what is, What is the Ben Affleck's wife, Jennifer Gardner or whatever, Jennifer? Yeah, the ones in Capital One commercials. You know, when I see those Capital Ones, when you were talking about um, Joan Crawford. That's exactly how I feel when I see those commercials for Capital One. Oh, absolutely! Because they're so tacky and they're so corny, and and they're it's in you know credit card debt, which I know you're against. Um, and I just think, do you really need this money? Do you really need to cheap? I think it's cheapening her brand. Yeah, because I I hold, I hold her as a good actress and this and that, and that's a little bit different than an athlete to me. I think really, and then you know. The, the capital <laughs> more so i just that's exactly what i thought i got that twinge of like ugh, why you have one hundred percent i i think of her as you were the mediocre actress that was in daredevil and now you're capital one like you're you're the brand of it <laughs> yeah it's and and when when celebrities get political too like we were we were i mentioned orson wells getting into politics um we we started accepting that like we accept it when sean penn goes on a political rant we accept it when you know celebrities stand up and say i'm for a president or whatever we may not support them anymore like like we may not like their politics um but we don't generally cancel people until they start saying wild stuff um but the funny part is um there was sort of like a golden age between literally the golden era of hollywood and uh about 2010 maybe a little bit earlier where Celebrities were trusted or at least listened to for their political advice. Um, but I was reading a really fascinating article uh, by Gene Del Vecchio. Del, Del Vecchio I, yeah. I think you're right on that. I, I'm going to keep all that flubbing in just so people know. I'm a dummy. <laughs> um, but but they, they polled people about whether or not they trust uh, celebrities anymore for their political opinions. And and again, I'm going to send that study to Sean Penn. I'll just be like, cut it out, man. Like, calm down. <laughs> Here's, <laughs> but but the study was uh, Britain and America. It was uh, they polled people to ask, um, you know, do you trust a political opinion more if a celebrity endorses it? Do you trust it the same or do you trust it negatively? Uh, and less than 11% from either America or Britain said that they would act positively if a celebrity endorsed it. Not their favorite celebrity, not a bad celebrity, just if a celebrity endorses a cause, only 11% think it's a positive thing and would endorse it positively. Most people, by and large, trust celebrities so little nowadays politically 
that if a celebrity says vote for this person, it's more likely to harm people's opinions. Well, and that's again, growth, man. That was, that's growth. Yeah. <laughs> that now, now, as long that's great. That would think that but we'll buy stuff from them, but we're not going to. That's too important for the little stuff, but not for the big stuff. Right. So, yeah, we will still shop for uh, $40 candles in, in Gwyneth Paltrow's scoop shop, but we won't listen to her when she says vote for this politician or the other. Um, and, and, and if you're wondering if scandals have gone up over the years, why all this mistrust? Why are we starting to not trust celebrities at all? You and I talked during our golf episode, Live Golf, uh, about Tiger Woods and all of his scandals. Um, that, that Harvard Business Review article I was talking about by um, Stephen Hawk. the reason I want to get to that is because they had an article where they tracked scandals by year. And they talked about a study where like they went from 1988 to 2016. And they found out that um, basically as soon as Twitter and social media becomes a thing, like 2010 is the turning point. 2010 is when um, Twitter and Facebook and, and all these other social media platforms really hit their stride as far as everybody using it for a marketing platform. And that's also when scandals hit their stride. Um, past 2010, more than half of the incidents they were tracking for decades happened after 2010. So like just just scandal after scandal after scandal. And it's it's made the public start losing trust whatsoever in in celebrities. Everybody is now scandal worthy. And there, there are scandals that have caught me off guard where I'm like, really, you like, like I celebrities I like. One of them is um, uh, Dan Harmon, the guy that write, writes for Community and, and Rick and Morty. I was shocked to see him in a scandal and, and that he came out and, and made a public apology about it. Um, did you? OK, this is getting very TMZ celebrity followy. Um, <laughs> did you see Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis apologizing for supporting yeah, a I guy did. that, yeah, I that, did. That, I did from the '70s '70s show. You're talking about yeah. that. Yeah, they they came out publicly and supported somebody who was on trial for sex crimes. Well, it was the the person just went away. It was another Hollywood star, star from the '70s show. The other actor he went away for 20 plus years for for rape, and they wrote letters as character witnesses to the judge. Oh, okay, is what it was. And then that got out that they did that. I don't know if it was just public information or if it's just, but then they had to apologize for it because it's like, well, you're, you're saying it's okay to, for, uh, you know, your buddy to rape somebody. Right. And it kind of reminded me of the UFC fighter, Kane Vasquez. Um, there was an incident where um, one of his family members, um, uncle or something who was involved in some kind of a sexual molestation and he went after them instead of calling the police he kind of vigilante went off and he shot at them and he shot the wrong person in the car and he went to jail well all these ufc fighters wrote letters about what a great guy he is well it's kind of <laughs> he kind of considering the source we have cage fighters writing you know so right. it didn't do it didn't do him any good so the whole thing was yeah he's our buddy we used to we had a hit show with him, the 70s show, and he's a great guy. Well, yeah, but he's also a rapist, so. I don't care how much money it costs, just to confuse everybody, if I go to prison for something terrible, I want you to get cage fighters to write in on my behalf, <laughs> even if it hurts my cause, just because I think that is such a power move. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of like, so what do you say? Oh, the, 
you always want to stand up for your friends, right? But when do you turn your back on them? You know? Right. Well, they um, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher and, and Mila Kunis, and, and this happens over and over and over again, when they gave out their apology, that's the part I heard as I listened to their apology. And it was so flat and forced and awful. Like it was, it felt exactly like every other, you know, PR written, like some agent jotted down some notes for them on a piece of paper and it like came out as, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way, basically. Yeah, yeah we got to do this, so then th- it'll take a little bit of the sting out of it. Yeah, uh, right. we don't feel this way, and I shouldn't have to even do this. I don't, you don't know, you don't deserve this, but here you go. Right. The, um, I, I while studying into this, it's worth noting that, like, if if you know of a celebrity that was in a scandal, but it felt like they got over it quickly, um, usually it's because they do what these articles referred to as a process of apology. Um, and there have been studies by uh, um, groups that represent celebrities, like like endorsement companies and marketing companies are very, very invested in finding out what makes a celebrity recover quickly from a scandal, what makes them lose their credibility. When Shaq uh, endorses a crypto that he doesn't know anything about or believe in, or, or when Gwyneth Paltrow sends people to the hospital because they try to cure their COVID with scented candles. Um, if they don't complete a process of apology, which includes admitting what they did wrong, talking about how they can improve in the future, um, acknowledging the hurt, uh, like, like there are steps that are literally in the book of marketing so that a celebrity can get past a, a incident. And back to our point about how few of them uh, um, take other people's opinions well, or, or, or let's just say value their own opinion higher than other experts. Uh, that's the least opted for choice when it comes to a public apology. All of these scandals, like like they tracked, you know, 280 or, or no, 128 uh, scandals, and they were just looking at just the ones that were paid endorsements lost by scandal in this 30 year period. And they said the 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 process of apology where it would actually work marketing wise and it would get them off the hook and you know it would sound genuine that is the one that they least likely will opt for they most (laughs) often opt for the one that is like the ashton kutcher flat apology where nobody cares like it's it's yeah it's it's we're not that which is funny because we're talking good we're talking about actors here who if they wanted to could really lay it on that's exactly (laughs) what i'm saying yeah like like these people they're certainly equipped for it. They're certainly trained for it. But they'd say, no, nope, you guys don't. Do- I'm telling you, they don't. They just, they, it's ego. Like, I yeah. have to do this. And I'm here, so you should be lucky. <laughs> these, these are people who can literally make you cry if they act hard enough. Why can't they act their way out of people being angry at them online? And and that's why. It's because um, they they value their own opinion higher than experts. And the experts are saying, please complete a full process of apology. And they don't want to. Um, <laughs> speaking of process of apology, I have, I've, I keep mentioning Gwyneth Paltrow because to me, she is the gold standard of out of touch celebrities. There was a, a clip online of her giving an interview and they were talking about like a golden globe or an Oscar or something. And they're like, where do you keep your golden globe or Oscar? And she's like, Oh, that thing. And she pointed down. And it was leaning against her, uh, like her her garden gate, like as a as a doorstop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 
it's like a yard gnome kind of thing. She's throwing it, out exactly casually. Yeah, not not <laughs> making this up. That's literally what she did, said, and recorded. And and we, everybody else is like, pants, how yeah. goddamn pretentious is that? By the way, if if you want to know, uh, like, if you want to compare how much physical mansion space different celebrities have, um, uh, Ellen DeGeneres has twelve thousand square feet. Her she has eighteen thousand square feet, which is several basketball courts. And also it's in the same area. It's Montecito, California. So like if you're wondering when we talk about it as a, a almost a perfect graph of how much square footage you have versus how disconnected you act. That's why it's it's <laughs> she's 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 in a, a, a Roman city by herself, just wandering around, putting Oscars and Golden Globes against doorstops. <laughs> so can we talk about her online shop and how much shit she's gotten for that? Yeah, well, it first came up that this actress, Gwyneth Paltrow's, Joe has me on a very short leash of what I'm allowed to, to study and talk about. But when I saw it was her, now I'm a big fan of hers from probably one of her dumbest movies. Um, Shallow How is one of my favorite movies. Oh. <laughs> and, and I've probably watched it, I don't know, 5,000 times. And, and, I, and I love Jack Black. And I just love that movie. It's just, it's just really, it's funny to me. And she's, and she's just so adorable in it, you know? So I didn't really want to learn this stuff about her, but this is what I learned. <laughs> and there's an article out, and it's from Cracked, and it's called, it's about her, and it says, a complete history of Goop, which is her company, being awful. And I'm going to tell you about some of the products. And I don't have enough time to go over how many stupid ones there are. So I'm just going to give you some of my favorite ones. The first one is, there was a vaginal steaming machine. Okay? Now, and that's exactly like you'd steam clothes like to iron them. This was for your vagina. That sounds like the actually, scariest possible product I can invent. <laughs> that is a, well, a Hellraiser torture product. Well, they're talking about it. It was actually in ancient Greek. They used, Greeks, they used to do this. It was a ritual. And it was meant for to keep your uterus in place. And, of course, the article says, because it keeps running around. You know, <laughs> I mean, where's right. your uterus going to go? <laughs> but, but the vaginal steaming doesn't work. But what it does is it gives you yeast infections and it sculpts your your tender parts there (laughs) so if you need that yeah it scalds them another one was uh bee sting therapy okay which doesn't work but bee stings to people who are allergic can kill them so yeah if you kill them they don't have pain anymore um okay i i I really don't mean this as an insulting thing is that another made-up one like 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 no 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 Okay, is beasting is a therapy a thing. thing? Okay. She was that that she was selling, that she was saying that people should try. Kind of like getting rid of COVID. You should try this. Getting stung okay. by bees is not you that you're just putting poison in your body. It is not good for you. I thought there uh, might have been something there, like scientifically, like maybe that's no, helpful somehow. Okay. Oh no, 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 none of her stuff is. <laughs> then this was one that she was really pushing in 2019, and this one is <clears throat> was very concerning. It was finding what your leanest livable weight is. So to me, that sounds very bulimic, um, you know, anorexic. Let's get us, and and with a lot of um, women who follow her and stuff who want to be model thin and have eating disorders, let's find the the lowest living weight you can live at. And I just think, that's horrible, right? That we can't trust a lot of people to take their medication on time as Americans, like, like, I wouldn't trust people to manage all of the intricacies of like their weight at the lowest near starvation level. That sounds like the most dangerous thing you could put in somebody's hands medically, like, like as a responsibility, that's crazy. 
Well, and then my, the last one I'm going to leave you leave with, and there's a bunch of them, but this is back to vaginas again. She had the uh, candles that were saying, this smells like my vagina. That was the name of the candle. Now, the problem they had with these candles is they would explode. <laughs> <laughs> and there's heat there on the package. There's, there's some real suspicious warning labels that say, be careful. This could explode with fire. It's a fucking candle, Joe. You light it on fire. So there was multiple lawsuits that their vagina candles were exploding. <laughs> what did they do to those candles? <laughs> Why are I, they exploding? Uh, yeah. Um, and, and her Goop magazine products, her, you know, kind of like her Martha Stewart collection of junk and garbage that she's selling to us. The people that worked for her were making 40% less than the industry average. 40%. But she brags about being a philanthropist. Oh God. Okay. Did, uh, there's, there's one I want to talk about just very, very briefly. Did you ever hear about her doing the food stamp challenge? No. Okay. Speaking of her philanthropy, that's what set me off is, um, she, uh, uh had an article once where she tried to live off of the amount of money that, um, that, that somebody on snap or food assistance would, would have per week. And for a celebrity who, you know, like somebody else does their shopping, they've never, they don't know the price of a gallon right. of milk. Yeah. They don't know yeah. what top ramen costs. They don't have any idea. And this was a legitimate uh, uh, challenge. Like, like this was um, a, a charity organization in New York, I think started this, but she made it part of her goop website. So like she tried this challenge where like she tried to make it seem like she could eat organically and with the same sort of like holistic fairy diet that that she's known for <laughs> and and almost Martha Stewart her way through the shop with only twenty nine dollars a week, which is the amount that they found out. She was shocked at how much they, they didn't have for her food. And it looked all right. Like like for a minute or two, she she was buying more expensive organic stuff like she was buying, you know, shock, shockingly name brand uh, beans and rice. But. I think she made it like a week or two and then she gave herself a C minus. But the reason why it was uh, impressively bad is because she did this as a publicity stunt on her website. And then instead of talking about how hard it was or, or how to budget or how the system could be improved, she spent the rest of the article talking about, um, uh, which is true but unrelated, uh, the gender pay gap problem. And she started talking, like she meandered about like unfairness toward women and then her article vacillates toward um, her favorite celebrity charities. She talks about like the Clinton Foundation, and, like a couple other celebrity charities. Why could she just admit though that that she was totally wrong and that this is wrong that people can't live on this? That I is mean, precisely yeah. That is exactly is my point. Prime example to say, wow, I was wrong. I can't believe it. I just I, I guess I'm out of touch. And the whole time you're reading this article, literally, I, I will post a screenshot. I swear to God. Um, there are ads on the sidebar, like the floating ads that you get when you're reading somebody's, you know, article online. And the ads were for um, $300 dessert tray sets by a Italian designer who designs the stuff for Goop, like the 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 $400 silver shot glasses or whatever they were. Like like, it's it's crazy to read this amount of disconnectedness and to see in that same breath ads for, you know, uh, flatware while she talks about trying to live off of, you know, take the food stamp challenge to live like a homeless person.
celebrities are, overall, less influential as political endorsers than they once were. They're also more likely to display stunted empathy as their wealth builds, more likely to act in self-isolating ways as they buy larger mansions, are more likely to overvalue their own opinions, amateur or not, and they are more likely to promote products, policies, or candidates that benefit their celebrity brand rather than benefiting society as a whole. At the very least, given the empathy gap associated with extreme fluence, perhaps we should start considering putting little tags on celebrity accounts, like Google and Amazon are required to. Tags that say sponsored or privileged content. That way, if a celebrity is asking you to buy essential snake oil or bunk crypto or to donate to a dubious causes, you'll have the chance to treat it with the same skepticism as sponsored ads from a search engine. You've been listening to The Reengineered You. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You mean the world to us. We have a new episode every week. You can connect with us at www.re-engineeredyou.com. That's where we have show notes, research links, feedback, and blog articles for each of our episodes. We're not experts in anything, but we've got an opinion on everything.